Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Friday morning, it's Kale and Company. Hopefully all of you having a great start to your day, perhaps, to a beginning of a three-day weekend. It is Nick Dawn and Greg here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. Kutchi coming up 745 this morning. Also, some very interesting swing state survey polling data will break down. And also, a study has found... I'm just relaying the headline of this Uh-oh. study. Don't don't shoot the messenger. Study has confirmed that it's quite common that females are psychotic. <laughs> yeah. I knew it. I, I mean, I I, I've it. been I've been hypothesizing for this for thirty years. Yep. yep. We'll I get to this. It. We'll get to this story coming up, and then Dawn will throw her shoe at us. <laughs> Speaking of Don Stenson, let's get to the news. 702, round number two, the great Don Stenson. And good morning. Happy Friday. Happy March. March 1st today. We are warming up to, well, we're at 30 degrees right now. I know we're starting out chilly as the sun rises this morning, but we are in for a high today of 52 degrees. So in Kale and Company News Live. Uh, let's talk about what's going on in Philadelphia, in and around Philadelphia as we talk about the news this morning, Philadelphia police are investigating after quite a, a disturbing discovery in Fairmount Park. So Philadelphia's Fairmount Park section, this discovery was made about about a, between 11 and midnight last night. Disturbing scene half block away from Mount Pleasant Mansion, historic site once owned by Benedict Ar- Arnold who this was closed last year to the public, this mansion. So police called out there near Fountain Green Drive shortly, like I say, around 11 p.m. last night, and they worked through the night into this morning. Initially, there was a call that a body had been discovered on the road, but when they get there, officers find two victims lying next to each other on the side of the road there, a 38-year-old woman, who now they've they've identified they're they're not releasing her name but confirming that the 38 year old woman is a Philadelphia resident. She was shot in the head and the chest. 48 year old man shot in his head, pronounced dead there at the scene. And it appears they say that these two individuals were murdered execution style. So it's, it's quite a chilling, uh, cold blooded killing, according to authorities. They know at least three shots were fired from a handgun, semi-automatic handgun, or handguns. So they're not ruling out at this point you could have had two or more shooters standing over them in this execution-style killing. Brutal. Brutal. That's just, I mean... I mean, that's gang-style killing. Yeah. yeah. And I don't... Which means, to me, these are people that they they knew who these people were. Of course. You don't execute people you don't know. Of course. So it's either some sort of a gang situation, or it's somebody uh, who is from a country that uh, uh, this stuff happens a lot. Could be a newcomer. Thank you, Nick. Okay. You're welcome. Just speculating. I, yeah. I don't know any of that. I'm just saying the type of murder that this is mm-hmm. is, is not, you know... <clears throat> yeah, not normal. I yeah. agree. Can we get back to the old school murders? <laughs> Can we do it the way we used to do it? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> it's creepy. So U.S. Marshals making the announcement that, yes, they have captured and arrested the escaped Philadelphia prisoner, Aleem Bourdain. He, ha- he was arrested, taken to Cambria County by two associates and was found hiding in the attic of a home. 
So remember we said that they were they knew that he was getting help on the outside in the city of Philadelphia. Well, at this point, when they arrested him, they had a tip, apparently, because remember, they did have a reward being given out. So he was taken into custody in Cambria, Cambria County, Johnstown. This is western Pennsylvania, all the way out there. So somebody had to have driven him out there. U.S. Marshals say that uh, he was taken there by these two associates. And then they had a search warrant for the home. They came to the home, said they needed to search the house and discovered him in the attic of this Johnstown home. He was considered armed and dangerous. U.S. Marshals Service, as well as Philadelphia Police, assisting in that search. But he was initially arrested last weekend for uh, on charges of stealing a vehicle from a delivery driver. And they found him asleep, by the way, the way they caught him initially. They were looking for the stolen vehicle and mm-hmm. found him sleeping in the vehicle. Oh, okay. But he, according to all accounts, has a long rap sheet. How did he escape? He had complained that he had some stomach pains. New policy. If you have stomach pain, the medical people <laughs> will come to the facility to see you. We will not take you to the medical spot. How about that? So now facing more charges, it, you know, it, it, it stacked on to the stolen vehicle charges because obviously he evaded police. But it it brings forth all the memories that we have of the notorious recent escapees, that 14-day search for escaped Chester County prisoner Danilo Cavalcante, who uh, was also a newcomer, mm-hmm. speaking of newcomers, yep. uh, and then Shane Pryor, that 17-year-old who had escaped DHS custody after being transported to Children's Hospital of Philadelphia for a hand injury. They were all caught. There were, I think, in total six that we've covered fairly you know, recently. Mm-hmm. But those two making headlines, again, reminding us yeah. of all of these escapees. I got to tell you, I think I would really love being a U.S. Marshal and hunting down these guys, these fugitives on the run. I would love to just go into, bust into somebody's house and catch one of these guys hiding in an attic. I would take great pleasure in putting shackles around his ankles. I'd be like, you, you didn't think we were going to get you, huh, pal? You're going to the booty house. Well, and you pointed out earlier today that now that when they did take him into custody, then that was a great point that they, they did shackle the ankles, which usually they would not do. Yeah. But since we know he's a runner. He is. There you go. Mm-hmm. So he has to live with those consequences. A lot going on. We'll update you as well, because in Lancaster County, and this is now making national news, Amos Miller, our organic farmer and his wife, Becky, uh, there was that court hearing yesterday in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and and his lawyer speaking out saying that this is an attack on an Amish farmer, his way of doing business, trying to shut him down. And that that this case could make history in the nation. It could very well go to the Supreme Court of the United States. And you said you had what? Was it friends or family that go out there yeah. to, to purchase? Uh... He's very pop, very well known, yeah. highly respected. And so the they had that court proceeding yesterday. Started about one thirty. And uh, so this is the state, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, through the AG through the AG's office that is taking him to task. The farm was raided in early January, and they have shut him down. The lawyer claims, and what's interesting about this, his lawyer says, you know, if you look through these court documents, the state is seeking this injunction saying you cannot even feed your own family (laughs) as far as producing raw milk products without the permission of the state. Without the permission of the state. 
Yeah, but I'm sure they'd have no problem if he was feeding his family Kellogg's cereal for dinner. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Little callbacks here. Yeah, we'll throw back to yesterday. Unhealthy, highly processed foods, and that's just it. So this this case could make history in the nation, could go all the way to SCOTUS. Yep. So we'll talk about that. Just a headline for you, House and Senate leaders, you know, reaching the bipartisan deal to avert that partial government shutdown. Ooh, thank and God. today... Today was the looming deadline. I got to tell you, if they didn't get a deal done, I was probably going to have my entire weekend upended by the fact that the government might shut down. <laughs> what would we do? Get, a, get it done, Mike Johnson. Let's go. Indeed. Indeed. And there's a lot of Trump news, Biden news on the border. We're talking about all of that. I, I will just point you to that newly released legal filing showing a special counsel, Jack Smith, now requesting a trial a start day of July 8th. Yeah. For former President Donald J. Trump's class. That's the classified document Mar-a-Lago case. That is correct. Kind of interesting if you think about just where the momentum is with court cases and what the headlines have been. All right. So there's a lot of drama around Fonnie Willis in Fulton County, SCOTUS with the J6 thing. We talked about that yesterday. Does that even get going before the election? Seems like all the powers that be need some sort of, you know, PR spin to show that they're on track to to get Trump. So I saw that come out. What was that? Axios that reported that July 8th is the expected date, but that's not official yet, correct? It is. No, that was that was from the court. Uh, they released some of the court, his court filing. Okay. So that's the only way I know of it. Of all I, the cases, though, is that, it, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be like a, a partisan hack when I say that, but it just, when I hear classified documents, like my eyes just roll over. They just glaze over. No, like, this I, is this is the Gen Six, isn't it? No, no. July is uh, would be the uh, the Mar-a-Lago case. Are you sure? I, I think it's what you sent us this morning. Correct? Did I read I, that wrong? I mean, it was, did I still have sleepers in my? Yeah, Jack Smith seeks July eighth trial start date in there. Trump classified. This document is classified case. document. Gotcha. That's what I said. Yeah. Gotcha. I just was making sure that's yeah. what I reported properly. But um, you know, it's confusing because Jack Smith is. It's weird. That he's also in charge of the J six. Yeah, that's what that's what kind of confused yeah, yeah. me. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that that will be a different date. But I this think, is I think the really, Mar-a-Lago case. Yeah, I think really the only thing that people care about when it comes to these classified documents cases is the the stark difference in Trump, you know, Presidential Records Act, where he had his documents, you know, versus Joe when Joe was never the president to take those documents and where they were stored. Remember, that's really where the whole Joe Biden cognitive mental decline conversation really exploded was because they realized that they were not going to charge him in these classified documents case because they he said he was a what a well-meaning <laughs> confused, elderly man elderly yeah. man yeah. that's where all this started from yeah yeah and today will be the funeral for uh Lakin for uh, Lakin Riley yeah so she's uh being remembered and going viral was the video yesterday and we we should show it on YouTube at one point I just thought it was incredible video. It's a visual here because it's silent. Mostly young women, maybe 18 to 23 in the crowd as they held a vigil yesterday in her honor mm -hmm. for their fellow classmate. And just the looks on their faces, they gathered, they were praying. And it was a huge gathering. It was a huge was a crowd. a lot of people there. And so um, I was surprised. I, I shouldn't be surprised, but it was on social media. It was not. And on the news watch. And these things, they don't happen in Athens, Georgia. 
I mean, Athens, I, I, I want to say it's about 75 to 90 minutes e, uh, west of Atlanta. And it's the college town for the University of Georgia. And it's a beautiful little... I mean, if you've ever get a chance to go to Georgia and you're visiting Atlanta or the suburbs or the outskirts of Atlanta outside of the perimeter, take a trip to... At, like, that's why... And, and look, this is tragic regardless, but, you know, whether it happens in Philadelphia where these things occur more, far more frequently... But like Athens, Georgia is just a it's just a quiet little college town for the most part. That these are the kind of stories you hear that like send like shock waves and you know ripple effects throughout an entire community. It's so true. Um, the final story, and I'm sorry, this is a Donny Downer newscast, and oh, I apologize. God, for that. Can, uh, man, I know. Can we talk about dollar dogs? <clears throat> but um, the the search warrant filings for the Pennsylvania home. This is another Amish story. Very unusual. You were talking about unusual. This pregnant Amish woman, six months pregnant, and I, I've been reporting on it yesterday because, and they don't know what happened here. She, her name is Rebecca Byler, 23 years old, found in her living room of her home, a few miles away from Spartansburg. So now they're releasing the fact that she suffered cutting wounds to her neck and her head. Her small children in the house with her, they were not harmed at all. She was, they're treating this as a murder. Her husband was at work. He was not on the property at the time, they're saying. So a a lot of concern in Amish country as far as what happened to Rebecca, who did this to her. You want me to lighten it up for you really quickly? Here you go. Top three Amish names. Okay. Amos, Seamus, and Cletus. Is Cletus? Is Cletus? Cletus is not. Yeah, on one of those uh, Amish TV shows. Yeah, Amish reality show. It's like a Southern bumpkin name. I thought. (laughs) Enos. Yeah. Well, um, it's a sad situation that's being investigated. All right, you want a dollar dog days? Yeah, Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, no more dollar dog days. They've just made the big announcement. I just have to wonder if revolt, revolt. Are they making this announcement to get everybody to revolt? Of course. They, That's what I'm they, sorry. They, it's they, a brilliant idea. Well, they they are claiming that a hot dog will now cost five dollars at Citizens Bank Park, and fans will be permitted to buy two dogs, but you will receive four per transaction. So, if my math is correct, four hot dogs for ten dollars, that will be two fifty a hot dog, which will be a dollar fifty increase in the price per hot dog. And they're saying the reason they're doing this is because of all the fights and the fact that people were throwing Throwing. hot dogs (laughs) and that the line at the concession stands were swamping the concourse. Philadelphia is the best. After 27 (laughs) years, it was like a a log jam of traffic. You couldn't walk the concourse. With all the trash and and crap from the dollar dogs. Like, who throws a hot dog? Philadelphia fans. Yeah. God. Yeah. See, it's always the select few that ruin it for the rest of us. Most of us aren't it. throwing the hot dogs. See, I think that they should just say, if you're caught throwing a dog, a hot dog, what would be the punishment? I mean, it, you know, Why don't we have Philly's court like we used to have Eggles court? You know, I'm a, I'm a law and order guy. If you throw a hot dog at somebody and it hits them, I think that's, a, that's assault. <laughs> I would charge you to the, the fullest extent of the law. Your Honor, he's charged with a felony assault with a wiener. That's right. <laughs> and I'd be looking for aggreg- aggravating factors, unlike Larry Krasner, See? who tries to mitigate everything. <laughs> Well, you're going to love the forecast. I don't think you'll be aggravated by the forecast, Nick Kale, because we are in for a 52-degree day. So, not too shabby. First day of March here. Feels a little more spring-like, a little warmer after yesterday. 52 degrees, the sun comes out, 
as the sun rises this morning. Tomorrow, unfortunately, the rain moves through. So some rain, some showers moving through for your Saturday. However, Sunday, we look, it looks like it's going to be 64 degrees and partly to mostly sunny for your Sunday. So get out there, do a little golf, do a little gardening, get out there and enjoy it. Saturday, 64 degrees. Nice. Kalen Company News Live. All right, Dawn, thank you very much. Coming up next, we'll get to this polling data that I found very interesting, and I think I have a solution for the weakness for the Republican Party. We'll get to that. Cut sheets coming up at 745. A lot to get to as we continue here on Kalen Company. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. My kitchen is the heart of my home. If your kitchen or maybe one of your bathrooms, all of your bathrooms are outdated, you know what you need? You need kitchen magic. They're local, Pennsylvania, family-owned and operated since 1979. They have such an awesome, experienced team that has transformed more than 60,000 spaces. A dedicated design consultant is going to work with you on all your choices for refacing, custom cabinets, backsplash, counters, tub shower conversion. They do that, too, so that you're going to get exactly what you want. And it comes with an industry-leading warranty. Right now, Kitchen Magic is offering 12 months, no payments, no interest financing. As well, you get 10% off your entire remodel. Just visit kitchenmagic.com, kitchenmagic.com. Tell them Dawn sent you. This is the Kale & Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Kale & Company, as we continue about 20 minutes out from what's on the cut sheet, that's coming up 745. Nick, Dawn, and Greg here on this Friday. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us on YouTube. Follow us. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit every button that you see in front of your face. And that'll make Greg Stalker a very, very happy brand manager. So I think this is interesting. And I think I have the solution to the problem. You know, it's interesting. We always look at polling data. And there are usually 1,500, 2,000, 2,300 people that were uh, polled and surveyed. I thought this was interesting, though. Edison Research Network did an exit poll, and it was published in the Washington Examiner. Now, they reached out to 18,571 total respondents, and they're looking at gender, marital status, and party registration. Now, apparently, according to this um, study, about 30% of married men make up the United States, equally on par About 30% of society consists of married women. 16% of society consists of unmarried men. And there are 23% of society which would fall under the category of unmarried women. So of the 30% of married men that make up the population, 59% of those individuals, married men, vote Republican. Of the 30% of society that consists of married women, 56% of those women are Republicans. Unmarried men, 52% vote Republican. Conversely, 39% of married men are Democrats. 42% of married women are Democrats. And 16% of unmarried men, excuse me, 45% of unmarried men are Democrats. Here's the problem, and this confirms what we have been talking about in the post-Roe v. Wade era from two years ago. And in the Donald Trump eight-year stretch here, Trump's issue is single women 
and this survey confirms it. 68% of unmarried women vote Democrat. Men, I'm giving you the solution right now. You're going to have to just trust me on this one. Do it for your party. Do it for Trump. Do it for your country. We got to get these unmarried women off the street. And I'm not saying do anything wrong. I'm saying we need to get them a hubby. Anthony Durant, where's Anthony? All the single men out there. All the single men. Find one of these single females that votes blue and marry them. A lot of them are are very unattractive. That's fine. Put a ring on it. One in two marriages end in divorce anyway. You can get it annulled right after November 5th. Just do it. And and by the way, I want married men to be involved as well. Add a second wife. Do it for the next eight months and thank me later. This just confirmed, and this, again, this is not a survey of 2,200 people. This was 18,571 people. That right there uh, is the block that could prevent Trump from winning, despite the economy, the border, this, that, the other thing, Joe's age, his mental acuity. I mean, think about that. And it's we've already known this. As men get older, they begin to skew more and more conservative, vote Republican. We've seen even from some of the younger demos and some of the numbers that younger boys are skewing conservative at a younger age more than ever. Mm -hmm. But if you just look at it, married men, married women, unmarried men, unmarried women, typically it's more red, it's more Republican, except for that little small box right there. And it's a big box, by the way. (laughs) 68%. But I would also say fathers... You know, if you have an 18 to 25-year-old daughter and you're still supporting her, you know, and uh, she's going to Sephora, buying that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Makeup that it's like $400 a pop when you go in there. Yep. Uh, you know, just say, you know what, we got to, we guys, these are tough uh, times. You got to. You got to cough up your own cash. You got to pay your own way. That's right. Dose of reality. I totally agree. Um, I've got all these other figures we'll get to on the other side here. I was going to stay on track so we get to the cut sheet right on time at 745. But these swing state polling numbers, I've got uh, 19 different categories. And we'll r- rip through these really quickly on the other side before the cut sheet. I think it's fascinating because the advantage, according to my math here, it's 14 to 6 in favor of Donald Trump with these categories, and I would argue that two or three of the categories that these uh, morning consult polls show favor Joe, I think you could actually argue it would favor Trump. So we'll get to that on the other side as we continue. The cut sheet, just about 15 minutes out as we continue live here on Kale & Company. But before we get to all of that, i got to tell you about my friends at the Piazza Auto Group. As uh, one of the most exciting things right now that they are rolling out is the tooth, and we're talking specifically with Honda here, the 2024 Honda Pilot Trail Sport. I was always intrigued by the Honda Pilot, and now they've done this reboot with the design and the shape of it, and it really is sharp and appealing. I test drove the Trail Sport specifically. Great for off-roading, but it's also great if you've got a big, evolving, and growing family. Third-row seating, maybe your wife has been adamant about that third-row the Trail Sport will give that to you. It features a seven-mode drive system, and it comes with Trail Watch multi-view camera. So wife, daughter, son, kids, everybody's going to be safe with all the security features and all the technology to keep the kids preoccupied, including wireless Apple CarPlay. You can check it out at one of their five Honda locations in Philadelphia, Pottstown, Reading, Springfield, and Langhorn, or just check it out all in one convenient destination. Piazza Auto Group. 
Kale and Company on demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. Happy Friday to all of you. Cut sheet coming up in just about 10 minutes. 855-839-1210 is how you climb in. Also on social media at 1210 WPHT and be heard in the YouTube chat. We call it the Kale and Company comment community. YouTube.com slash at 1210 WPHT. So swing state polling data. The question was, who do you trust more to handle issue X, issue Y, issue Z? And the categories were, I feel like Alex Trebek here, by the way, the economy, immigration, democracy, abortion, stock market performance, gas prices, Social Social Security slash Medicare, taxes, guns, climate change, education slash schools, health care, Russia slash Ukraine, availability of good jobs, unemployment, U.S.-China relationship, balanced national budget, cost of everyday goods, and interest rates. By my math, that is 20 categories, and according to the latest polling data uh donald trump is in 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 the lead over joe in 14 of these 20 i would argue you could probably say it's more like 16 of these 20 but let me give you these numbers and, and get some thoughts and reaction to a couple of these categories so on the economy who do you trust more trump had a 17 point lead over joe biden 51 34 uh on immigration trump is up 19 points On democracy, Joe leads by four. I would argue that's Trump because it's Biden's weaponized DOJ going after Trump, not the other way around, but these respondents don't see it that way. Abortion, no surprise, Joe is up six points. Stock market performance, despite the stock market doing very well right now, Trump leads Biden by a whopping 18 points. Gas prices, Trump by 19 Social Security and Medicare, very close. Biden by three. Taxes, Trump by 15. Guns, Trump by nine. Climate change, Biden by 13. That is his biggest category that he leads in. Uh, Educations and schools, Biden by a small margin, two points. Healthcare, Biden by a small margin, three points. Russia, Ukraine, Trump leads by 11. Availability of good jobs, Trump leads by 10. Unemployment, Trump by 9. U.S.-China relationship, Trump by 14. The budget, Trump by 13. Cost of everyday goods, Trump by 13. And interest rates, Trump by 14. So really, if you look at this, the only one where Joe has a sizable lead is climate change. And depending on who you talk to, uh, some people care (laughs) um a whole hell of a lot about climate change. We've heard, you know, some of our elected officials who say their kids can't sleep at night because they they have nightmares about climate change, and others couldn't care less about climate change. But on down the list, the issues just clearly favor Donald J. Trump. That being said, let's let's call a spade a spade and be real. This election is going to come down to one issue on the left versus probably only one or maybe two issues on the right. I would say if you're Trump, it's the economy, it's immigration, and it's all of the wars that are going on right now. And as we've seen, as we've gone through the primary season, we've looked at Iowa, we've looked at New Hampshire, immigration has quickly become the number one issue. And now, 
sadly, after the Lake and Riley tragedy, it has become paramount. I mean, the Republican Party, the RNC, Donald Trump, heck, even technically, even Nikki Haley, because she's still in it, right? I mean, has to make the Lake and Riley thing basically, and I hate saying this, has to be our George Floyd thing. If we're going to boil it down to just the most basic thing, the Democrats ran with the George Floyd thing in the summer of 2020. Republicans should be doing the same exact thing. If you're going to play dirty, if you're going to fight dirty like the Democrats do, this is what you have to do. But I'm looking at all of these things, and to me, it still comes back to abortion versus immigration. And if we look at those numbers that I gave you last segment, that 68% of unmarried women vote Democrat. That's to me why I said yesterday in the big take about protecting females. You've, you've lost the female when it comes to reproductive rights. But I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic and look for a silver lining and say, from a strategy standpoint, how can you mitigate some of that damage? Not all of it, because it's not possible, if you're being real. But how can you just win back a sliver or a sizable chunk protecting females in athletics keep translation keeping dudes out of their domain and then secondly coming out just like trump did yesterday he said we're not going to let that name lake and riley ride off into the sunset we will not let you forget her name to me it's the message that matters if re-elected president of the united states The Lake and Riley tragedies, and you can't sit there and say it'll never happen again. That would be foolish. But these types of things will diminish rapidly under my watch. We're going to finish the wall. We're going to finish getting our border secure. We're going to stop messing around and sending endless funds to Ukraine. And we're going to make Americans feel safe and secure. That, to me, is the message, especially when you're looking at females. But I did think that some of these numbers were interesting. Probably the one that I'm scratching my head over the most is democracy. That all these people that were polled in this survey, they believe Biden is better for democracy. The Democrats did a good job of of making democracy and abortion their two key issues. Yep. So I'm sure with that situation, too, uh, with that subject, I'm sure Joe Biden would win with that, too. Yeah. So that's not surprising. Well, yeah. And if you're if we're expanding it on both sides, like what what's Joe running on? What's Trump running on more than just immigration versus abortion? I've been saying it for weeks on this show. It's for the Democrats and Biden. It's ADD. It's abortion democracy and dictator for a day and they they will take that soundbite and they will run with it just like i think trump on the other side i i mean when you're watching that border video by the way yesterday you look at trump and i i think it's just basic common sense you you you're seeing what we're all seeing you see trump you know he looks like he's in good health uh you know relatively good shape compared to his counterpart and then you see joe just walking down the dirt path and it just looked like, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody that's got a you know a grandfather in a, in a facility. It looked like Pop Pop came out of the the elderly facility, and you were taking him for a walk. Like if if we're caught up in stuff that should or should, and we can debate it all day. Should a president be six feet or taller? To me, it, it's 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 irrelevant. But you can't have a president that's going to be at the time he gets through his second term, presumably 86 years old. He projects weakness on every level, at every scale.
And that to me, if a picture is worth a thousand words, I'm just showing that picture. They're showing it right now on Fox. Joe's sitting there and he's out at the border in Brownsville. He's got a black hat on. He's got like black Velcro sneakers on. And it just looks like physically and mentally, first of all, he probably has no desire to be there. And he just looked out on his feet again. Like that would be, if I was an advisor to Joe, I would say, you know how you get real ramped up and you get real energetic when you talk about Jan 6? Once you're done having the tour at the border and you get in front of that microphone to address the media, I need you to come out swinging full of piss and vinegar because the American people are looking at you as the overwhelming reason why our border's a disaster right now. So, Joe, if you've, if you've got any bounce in your step for like three minutes today, get in front of that microphone and lay in and just go off. Chug a Red Bull. Do whatever you have to do. <laughs> I can't have you dead man walking after evaluating the border. Nick, I think that whatever they can give him, they've given him. And and also... And it's more than Red Bull. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but you think about he was he was there minutes speaking, and then they're walking along with him so slowly and gingerly. And then, you you like you're saying, you contrast that with Trump, who not only held a news conference and then Abbott was there, many were speaking, but then he stayed there through the evening, was on with Hannity last night. They're just, you know, they're out there as well. Oh, so he was on Hannity's show still live from, from the I don't know. Yeah, but I think it was taped. I think it was taped. Okay. But, uh, but it looked like it would, yeah. would have been after. Right. It would have been after the news conference. He mm-hmm. taped like a whole hour with Hannity. Yeah. Hannity's the laziest guy in radio and TV. He, <laughs> he tapes 90% of his radio show and 90% of his television show. How do you tape a, how do you tape a talk show? He he does I know that. how you do look it, live. Like, you do it look live. I don't think he you. I don't think he does. Yeah, he he does. I don't he think does. he pre tapes his TV show ninety percent. When he did his show here a few years ago, many years ago now, um, he needed the studio from one to four p.m. But his and, show was three to six. Thank you, Nick Hale. Ah. <laughs> okay. That was for radio. Yeah, yeah. His TV show is usually. Nah. Nah. I, I would. I'm going to give it thirty nah. percent nah. pre tape. Okay. okay. I'm still trying to figure anyway. Out, I'm, I'm still trying I'm to figure out how here. he's dating Ainsley Earhart. I didn't. I, I didn't mean know. to. I didn't mean to divert. <laughs> Derail. No, that's yeah. fine. We got to get to the cut sheet anyway. So that's a good pivot. Let's get to that right now. Seven forty-six. Time for a Friday edition of What's on the Cut Sheet. What's on the cut sheet? What's on the cut sheet on this Friday is brought to you by Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. They strive to do what is right. They work hard to match you with a perfect Volvo and always go the extra mile for their customers. Judith Yosef and the entire team look forward to meeting you. Check them out on 70 in Cherry Hill, Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. I'm going to piggyback off of what you two were just talking about. Hat tip to our buddy Greg Um, on Twitter. He goes by an exile in Jersey. Um... He sent us this side-by-side comparison, exactly what you were, you and Dawn were just talking about, about the differences between uh, Joe Biden at the border and Donald Trump at the border. Uh, go to YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT if you want to see this. I know Greg hates when I say that because he's strictly a radio listener and hates when we tell everybody <laughs> to go over to YouTube. But hey, you sent me this. It's a visual. Your fault. So it's your fault. I'm playing it. 
Uh, cut 17, Phil, if you want to roll that, my friend. There you go. So you see Joe. Well, you you can. Yep, there's Joe. He's got his black baseball cap on. No tie, by the way. He went business casual. Trump, obviously, with the blue and the red tie, shaking hands. Look at the military on the right. All nice and happy. They're all smiling to see him. You got Joe with two Secret Service guys and looks like two border agents. The bald guy's like, don't put your hands around me, Joe. You don't respect what we do. You don't give us any aid or help. Uh, a definite, uh, it goes beyond the border, by the way. I think this is the same visual you would get with the military. This is the same visual you would get if they were both in front of police officers. You just look at men in, in the line of duty, so to speak. The respect they have for Trump compared to Biden yeah. is, is, yep. is quantifiable. I think it's palpable. You can see it. You could feel it. It's it's also too. I mean, to the point of this side by side comparison. You see Joe kind of like he just he's walking like he's he's like shuffling, and Trump yeah. has a has a nice handshake with everybody. Yeah. I don't know. Joe I, looks I, like he's wearing those old uh, black New Balance <laughs> sneakers that that you get when you're like uh, sixty five or older with the Velcro straps. It's amazing. It's amazing how you actually you think about your life. You started off in Velcro sneakers, and then usually you end in Velcro sneakers. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Um, if we can play, since everybody is uh, as tuned over to YouTube real fast, let me just play this, uh, Phil. Let's go to 16A. This is uh, we played this earlier. This is Joe Biden uh, saluting what appears to be a s- saluting a tree. <laughs> Um, or something. He's saluting air. If you want to play 16A here, there's really no audio. All right, so there he is. <laughs> Hand on the back of a, a bald uh, pitch, uh, Border Patrol guard. And he's looking at Joe's... Look at, look at the knees. Yeah. <laughs> Very, look at the hands. Hands are all curled up. It just projects weakness. Lady's talking, and there's Joe, and he throws up the salute. <laughs> and then here come some human beings into the picture. <laughs> Joe's just willing to greet anybody. The only, the only question I have, because we've only seen select footage... Do you think Joe knew which way to exit the border? <laughs> you know, like when he's on the stage and he doesn't know to go left or right? Like, did he head towards California or did he start heading like back towards uh, Texas? I wonder I wonder about the... I think that this side-by-side comparison was a bad move by the Biden administration. I was just going to ask you, do you think it would have served Biden better to not even go I in do. the first place? I absolutely do. Yeah, this this just looks... It's like going to East Palestine a week or a um, a year later. Yeah, what you think is a photo yep. op actually becomes bad optics. 100% bad optics. And I'm not, you know, I don't I don't uh, help politicians. I don't care one way or another. Yeah. Um, but but my political instincts say that, yeah, this is hey, just terrible. By the way, since you, you, you drove everybody to YouTube. Oh, boy. The T-shirt you're wearing says censorship. That's What is that? That is. Oh, yeah, everybody's mad here. Are you? Uh, uh-uh. No, it says censorship is un-American. I like that. Cool. Very on brand for the show, for the station. Yes. Good work out of you. It's a vintage shirt, uh, 1990. Okay. It was part of a like a Rock the Vote campaign yeah. in 1998. I like Actually, that. it was about, it was when uh, Two Live Crew, uh, when their album was banned in Florida because it was too, quote unquote, dirty. Oh, really? Uh, mm. That's kind of the origins of this shirt. There you go. Um, let's go to 16B here. Uh, this, is, uh, this is Donald Trump with the... With Greg Abbott and the Border Patrol in front of a <laughs> a fence and barbed wire, <laughs> there's migrants uh, on the other side in Mexico, and uh, they appear to be <laughs> cheering for him. This Hola, Senor Trump. <laughs> this is cut. This is cut. Sixteen B. Phil, go. 
By the way, Greg Abbott looks stronger in a wheelchair than Joe does walking. Look at that. Right across the water, you see a couple of boats, little uh, rafts, and there's people standing on the embankment. <laughs> Look at Trump waving. <laughs> Giving him the fist pound. Trump! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they like Trump. Can you believe it? There he goes waving as Abbott sitting there in his chair. You know what's amazing to me is this just goes to show you that these people, um, these newcomers, we'll call them, they're not stupid. They know what's going on. They now they're I don't know how far distance wise that is from where Trump is standing across the water to where those uh, illegal immigrants are trying to come across are standing. That's got to be, I would guess, well over 100 yards, if not longer. And they can they can spot out Trump. They know that Trump was coming. They know that Biden was coming. They're on social media. That's how they're communicating. That's why when we gave you the story of the one illegal migrant that assaulted the police in New York, and he was rallying other migrants to come and unite and get over here, they're all communicating by means of social media. So they're not in the dark. And that's why I've said, when we talk about the border, it's not just South America. People are coming from China. People are coming from the Middle East. Everybody is aware as to what's going on. And in today's world of technology, they communicate. They're they're probably they're probably just following along with the way the the United States is handling the border on social media. Whether these people are coming here with sinister intentions or for a better life, they know what's going on. These are not stupid people. Uh, let's go to the actual press conferences, shall we? Let's start with uh, Biden's when he arrived at for the in Brownsville, Texas. He was uh, caught on a hot mic um, asking where he was going. <laughs> this is cut. This is cut for Phil Go. Harder. That's why I think the American people should know just how much combination of risk, work, and dedication there is in trying to get this done. Anyway, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank you, HSI. Thank you, ERO. Sir, it's time for remarks. And um, our briefers, I invite you to our seats. And then we'll escort you this way. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Great job. Thank you. There he goes, turns around to the left. Where am I going? <laughs> oh my God! I I look. I mean, can we just freeze it right there? Yeah. Can we just stop it right there? Where yep. am I going? It, I mean, it, how much of a uh, operational brain do you need to have at, at that point in your life to not yeah. know where to go? By the way, if uh, Phil, if you can move ahead just a couple seconds, you see the the giant podium oh where God. everybody is standing where am i going over there where all the people are yes yeah but this Look i think this is happening because this is on c-span and so i think this was happening as they were they didn't want to have a, a split screen 
Uh-oh. Because Trump was still, because Trump started at like whatever four twenty ish, so the tr- or four it was in the four p.m. hour. Okay, so I think they did not want the visual of the split screen, ah. which is why they seemed like they were kind of doing a little tap dance. Let's have a little oh Q and A, like a little meet and greet, shake mm-hmm. hands with the president, and then everybody's like, eh, it's kind of awkward, and we're shaking hands, and okay, we're done. What do we do now? So was he scheduled to go up to the podium and talk? At four thirty, okay. but it didn't. It okay. wasn't at four. Th- it wasn't on on time because the Trump thing was still going on. That's oh. my yeah yeah. I I don't know that. F- I'm just saying as a media person, I just think they did not want all the networks to take the split screen image of of the two of them speaking at the same time. Don't you think if you're one of his handlers or advisors, you have to tell him moving forward, hey. Moving forward, don't say where am I going. <laughs> just, just go somewhere. There's just a, there's a podium with the with the presidential emblem on what, it. What, what I would tell him is most people watching don't know the layout of the building. Yeah. So when you're done talking, just go somewhere and do it with conviction. <laughs> go go to the bathroom, but just go fast and like act like you know exactly where you're going, yeah. even if you don't. You know, it's like one of those things when you're driving around with your wife and your family in the car, and you're lost as a man, and you know you're lost, but yet you act like you know where you're going, and your wife's like, hey, do you know where you're going? Yeah, of course, of course I know where I'm going. What are you talking about? Men always do this, by the way. We always <laughs> say we know where we're yes. going, we never know where it's we're all, going. It's all in how you sell it. Yeah. And you, he doesn't sell it. You sure you know where you're going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this way. It's yeah. this way. It's the long. It's the yeah. This is. It's much better this way. Trust me. Um, <laughs> it's it's daddy's shortcut. Then Joe Biden took to the podium. We played this one earlier, and he immediately addressed the biggest concern at the border: climate change. I've flown over a lot of these wildfires since I've been president. As a matter of fact, I've been a helicopter in the west, and the southwest, and the northwest. Flown over more land burned to the ground all the vegetation gone than this entire state of Maryland in square footage. The idea there's no such thing as climate change. I love that, man. man. I love some of my Neanderthal friends uh, mm. who still think there's no climate change. Well, my administration is going to keep building on the progress we've made fighting climate crisis, and we're going to keep help folks rebuild themselves. Has Neanderthal replaced deplorable? <laughs> I think I think that's a takeaway. Uh, secondly, um, maybe Joe can spin it this way. See, the climate change issue is such an issue that it's we're at the point now where people are leaving not only South America and the Middle East because it's too hot, and they're coming to the United States <laughs> to cool off. That's why they're, they're called newcomers. Uh, lastly, is it out of line for Joe not to be in a tie? No, no, no. Yeah, no. I'm not. I don't. I don't subscribe to that stuff okay i mean he shouldn't be there dressed like john fetterman okay but no a nice just wondering i think he's yeah i think he's appropriate appropriately dressed all right uh the least of his bra (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a good point cut five here phil um to he continues on with his speech here he says folks it's time for us to move on this we can't wait we can't wait any longer it's an election year damn it (laughs) cut cut six phil go (laughs) folks it's real folks it's time to act. It's long past time to act. Yes. <laughs> I just received a briefing from the... Who's in charge here? <laughs> ...at the border, as well as immigration and enforcement, and asylum officers, and they're all doing incredible work under really tough conditions. Really tough conditions. They told me what, they, what, what you already know, and we already know. They desperately need more resources. Say it again. They desperately need more resources. 
You need more agents, more officers, more judges, more equipment in order to secure our border. Folks, it's time for us to move on this. We can't wait any longer. <laughs> yeah, we can't. Folks, on my first day as president, oh, I, I, he said, folks, 30, uh, four times in 30 seconds. To fix the broken immigration system and to secure the border. But no action was taken. Then months ago, my team began a serious negotiation in a bipartisan group of senators. Okay. Yeah. So he, he needs more resources. Joe, first of all, we'll get the resources in a second. Uh, but all you would have to do is go back and undo what you undid the first time in 2021, where you just dismantled like 94% of Trump's policies. But if you want to talk resources, all right, if it's all about, hey, we need X amount of dollars to handle this situation. Why don't we stop giving Zelensky so much money and spend a little bit of the money on our border? And I'm not talking to the tune of $14 billion, okay? If you're going to come up with a $118 billion deal, you better have a sizable chunk for our border in that bill. Not like a little chump change, 14 That's less than 10% of the bill. That's, that's embarrassing. It's insulting to Americans. Yeah, and he's, he's talking about, <clears throat> I mean, the, the money he laid out there... Like four billion dollars overall, and then he wants like half a million dollars for fentanyl detection, you know, machines and this and that and the other thing, and just says money. So what's going to solve the problem? Money, new legislation. Who are you to believe? Mm-hmm. I'm moving on to. Uh, I'll go back to Joe Biden and Trump in one second. But since you talked about what he can do at the border, um, there's this talking point that's been given. And this one, this time it's by Secretary Mayorkas. He says that there is no executive action that Biden can take to fix the border crisis. This is cut eight. Phil, go. Are there no executive actions that the president can take to reduce the number, the large number of migrants that uh, are coming to the U.S.-Mexico border that we saw in 2023 and continue this year? The fact of the matter is that the only enduring solution is legislation. Congress needs to act. We have a bipartisan piece of legislation that three senators worked on intensely for a number of months. I was very privileged to be at the table to provide technical and operational expertise. The administration was represented at the table. We need Congress to act. I got to tell you, thank God that was only audio only, because because <laughs> just the sound of Mayorkas makes my blood boil, but the visual of him get just p- puts it over the top. Thankfully, that was aboard um, Air Force One or whatever that was there. Um, that's a lie. And, you know, when, when we think about our, our southern border, I mean, this is a guy who has been derelict in his duty, whether it's his fault or he's just uh, abiding by his boss's rules of, yeah, get out there and say it's not a crisis, even though it is. But you know what? Everybody says, well, it's politics. Joe's going there for the optics, and you're going to criticize Republicans now. Well, so for three years, we've been saying there's an issue, and now you just expect Republicans to join you in a bipartisan effort? Like, I don't blame the Republican Party right now. Eight months, nine months out. Don't, because it's a losing issue for Democrats right now. Don't bail them out. Sadly, I think you have to play politics here. Two things. He's not, he, he he technically is not wrong when he says long-term solution. So if you listen to his carefully, it's almost like your credit card, you know, get that fine print that you can't even read. You better read it. He very he worded that very carefully, my did. So he says long-term solution. That's true, That that but in other words, right now we have an emergency, we have a crisis, we have a fentanyl crisis, we do have these very violent individuals 
who are draining out of Venezuela and they are coming. We know these gangs are coming here. We know who's coming here. We know that they're unvetted and we can call it a crisis for many, many reasons and just shut it down now and deal with it. And then, yes, deal with also we do need a long-term solution. That's true. I just want to add that that bipartisan legislation that was mentioned is co-written by our own Bucks County Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick, whose late great brother Michael Fitzpatrick, everybody loved. But uh, Brian, I know some of you are cringing because I know some of you are calling him a rhino. He is somebody being praised uh, by both sides of the aisle and certainly by Democrats because he wrote this legislation sponsoring it with Jaron Golden and Don Bacon, um, two Democrats. Mm-hmm. So he's sponsoring it and it's called the Defending borders defending democracies act and it also gives some funding to ukraine okay so so just there's a local angle just want to get right. that to you um hang on that's not the right clip sorry but he, but so there's a there's a truth and a lie in other words the the truth is mm-hmm. we we need a long-term solution we've known that for multiple administrations the truth also is we have a crisis and they're lying when they say no we can't do anything about it we need the legislation. No, you don't. Right. It's also very disingenuous for him to get up there and say, yep. um, uh, the time to act is now. It's way past time. Mm-hmm. No, the time to act was three years yeah. ago or yeah. two years ago, whatever. Of course. Not an election year. Not when all of a sudden this is becoming an issue. Not n- not because the American people have forced your hand at it. Yeah. You should have done it because that's what you do. But to get back to the point that mm-hmm. we all say here, it's like it, this is by des- they do, They want people coming over. Of course. The yes. border. I, I, he campaigned on this. Remember yep. uh, safe and effective and whatever they said about making immigration safe and mm-hmm. all that stuff. They wanted this. Yes, they this did. Is not, this is not a crisis in their mind. You know what's really remarkable is their inability to read the room. Have you ever noticed that? Like, we're all sitting here saying the optics of your photo op is a bad look. You did this for three years. Now everybody under the sun is like, oh, it's an election year. It's so obvious that there's, you know, when you just, I've always found, if I can give myself a little bit of credit here, I can walk into a room and I can just assess things. I, I, I really think I would be a great consultant for companies just to trim fat and dead weight like I could just walk in and be in a conference room and give me 20 minutes and let me just have some general conversations with people and I can be like, all right, that guy's really talented, whatever his title is. That guy's dead weight. He's stealing money. <laughs> He's just hoping to get to five o'clock and avoid detection. <laughs> like, let me do that. So like, it's amazing to me that people in who this, can, own, who in, can you do that around here? Yeah. No, yeah. For the right price. You, yeah, I'm in. I'm just kidding. I, I charge by the hour <laughs> um, and I'll invoice you. So, but like it's just this, this administration has a terrible ability to kind of us and, and they've got so many things in their favor. They've got all the mainstream media in their back pockets, all the newspapers, all the journalists, uh, every social media platform except for Twitter or X. So they can really construct and, and control narratives and messages. Yet they're just a bumbling disaster, which mm-hmm. if you think about it. Let's go back to Lloyd Austin. Remember how there was that disjointed name? Nobody knew who was on vacation and where the Secretary of Defense was. I really wonder, and we know Joe is not calling the shots. Like when Trump's in office, we know Trump's calling the shots. He might lean on people for some things, but Joe's not calling any shots, which makes me think that there's a chain of command breakdown, and there's just little factions, and nobody really knows what's going on in this administration. 
Kam- like, you know, we're going to send Kamala to do this. And I'm going to defend Corrine Jean-Pierre for a moment. Uh-oh. She's awful at her job. You're defending her. She's awful at her job. Yeah. But she's consistently given bad facts. <laughs> she's consistently awful. She's consistently... <laughs> if there's one thing she's consistent at, it's consist- being consistently bad. Yeah. But you can only work with good... You can only work with the facts that you're given. And she's always given bad facts. And I think to the point of the disconnect in this administration... I think she goes up there very unprepared. Some of that, if not a lot of it, is her fault. But if this is your if this is your face and your voice every day at two o'clock, we see it in the corner of Fox TV coming up at two o'clock, White House press briefing, and you see the picture of KJP. You got to send her out there and put her in a position to succeed, yeah. right? It's like the old football adage: like the Andy Reid would be like, "I got to do a better job of putting my guys in a position to succeed." They don't put her in a position to succeed. Yeah, um, and right. By the way, Dawn just mentioned uh, local representative Brian Fitzpatrick. Since you brought it up, I had this clip. I never played it. It was from last week. Uh, He was on Face the Nation talking about this new house border and foreign aid deal. Um, And he said last week that he filed to expedite it because it's time sensitive and existential were his words. Uh, This was Fitzpatrick from Face the Nation last week. Do you have any confidence that there's a way to get Republican leadership to move on this? Uh, I do. Um, we have a, a bipartisan bill. It's the only one in the House. Uh, and as of Friday, we have um, uh, filed with the clerk uh, expedited consideration. Normally, um, any kind of discharge like that would take 30 days to even be considered ripe. We figured out a way with the parliamentarian to expedite that to a seven-day period. Just to be clear, this is to go around the Speaker of the House, who has refused to put a bill on the floor. Well, We're it's forcing him to consider. It's it's just a way to get a mechanism to get a bill to the floor. Um, and just to be clear about what we're trying to accomplish here, this is time sensitive. It's, it's existential. I just got back from Ukraine. Uh, Advika uh, fell in the past um, seven days. Uh, we lost uh, uh, Lake and Riley in the past seven days. And in the past seven days, 200 uh, families had to bury their kids because of fentanyl. So what our bill does is it combines border security with this foreign aid, both existential. And we are forcing this bill to the floor to make sure that everybody acts because, as uh, Pre- President Zelensky said, they have weeks and not months to, to get reinforcements on the front lines. So you are trying to create an alternative to the bill that's about 60 billion. Yours is about 49 or so billion. Um, Congressman Golden, Golden here. One of the things that's not in this bill, though, is. All right, there you go. You know what really is infuriating is hearing somebody in America quote the urgency that is coming from Zelensky. We have weeks, not months. This is existential. So I'm supposed to worry about the immediacy of how much you need and how quickly you need to have it as our southern border is an open sieve. Like, it's just that doesn't sit well with the average American who might say, you know what? Yeah, I I, I, look, I want to I want to make sure that Ukraine is dealt with accordingly and they get the help they need. But like, you know, let me sound like a five year old for a Uh moment. What about us? What about us? Like, what about us? What about us? Well, I, I get it. It's bipartisan. You know, the art of the deal. You got to negotiate. You got to give to get a little bit. But like, no, I, I'm just, I'm at the, we're, we're now into year three. Yeah. We just passed the two year mark of the Russia Ukraine war with no end in sight. And now there's speculation that, that Putin's running around, shipping around nukes on trucks. Well, I think, you know, 
the the problem is, it, like, look, we've we've known for decades that they need to pull it together and that they're not incentivized on either side of the aisle to solve this. And we've talked mm-hmm. a lot about that, Amen. right? They they're partisan. A lot of these career politicians are partisan. They raise money. They fundraise off of this. And so, do I think Brian Fitzpatrick and his his cohorts there, their his little buddy, they were on with um, what's his face Cuomo last night, wearing their yellow ties, and Cuomo kind of made fun of them with the yellow ties. I, do I think they're genuine in in their hearts to try to do something? Yeah. The problem is, you know, they're doing it right in the in the s storm mm-hmm. of a major 2024 right uh very divisive really tough presidential election mm-hmm. and so it's it's not going to happen and by the way i mean when i watch when i watch this my husband and i commented doesn't brian congressman fitzpatrick look like gary who's the sidekick of veep played by <laughs> He does. I, guess, he, what I a, swear what to God, reference. we didn't have any. Vi- we didn't have visual on that clip. No. I, I have to pull up a picture to see. To- he, so last night, Larry and I were watching this thing, and he goes, "Oh my God, he looks like, like he looks like the Veep sidekick, yep. at Gary, and and he needs to like hold somebody's purse." Yep. Uh, I think I found. You him. know what I mean? And, it, and he hysterical. does. Yeah. Uh, while you're looking for that, some instant feedback here. Tor- uh, Torrance Pitt says Brian Fitzpatrick and two Democrats are sponsoring the border bill, so two communists and a Democrat. <laughs> Mug- <laughs> Muggsy, Muggsy Deuce Muggsy Deuce says what we need is enforcement of our immigration laws, nothing less. There you go. Lisa McHale says why can't there be two separate bills, one for Ukraine funding and one for the border? Novel concept. Which Cuomo asked last night, by the way. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did ask that. Bill uh, Bill L writes, "I get bored when foreign wars is the topic." Yeah, I don't disagree with you, Bill. <laughs> uh, getting back to Joe Biden here uh, with his press conference yesterday, he said, "Folks, it's time for a- oh no, we played that already." Hang on, <laughs> <laughs> folks, 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 the newcomers. Um, he, he talks to Mr. Trump in this on the border security bill. He says, "Here's what I would say to Mr. Trump: Join me, or I'll join you." This is cut. Uh, what cut is this here? Cut six, Phil, go. Let me end with this. I understand my predecessor's legal past today. So here's what I would say to Mr. Trump. Instead of playing politics with this issue, instead of telling members of Congress to block this legislation, join me, or I'll join you in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. We can do it together. You know and I know. It's the toughest, most efficient, most effective border security bill this country has ever seen. So instead of playing politics with the issue, why don't we just get together and get it done? Let's remember who the heck we work for. We work for the American people, not the Democratic Party, the Republican Party. We work for the American people. And let's remember who we are. We're the United States of America. Possibilities. Uh, No, I mean this. Think about this. There's nothing, nothing beyond our capacity. Nothing. Yeah. When we work together, look at look at look at look at, look at the anger. There it is. This we have the formula to get it done. God bless you all. May God protect our border patrol. And yeah. God protect our troops. Now I'd like to turn this over to Secretary Mayorkas. And of course, That's all right. It. God save the queen, man. God save the queen, man. I thought he was going to give the speech again where he always loves to talk about people ask me about America and I say one word, possibilities. <laughs> and he starts shaking and he gets real, you know, full of vigor. How about that guy? 
talking about, let's put politics aside. You've neglected the border for three years. You're the one playing politics now. Trump's made the border one of his two or three biggest issues since 2015. Trump's not playing politics. Oh, by the way, Trump was the one to declare he was going to the border yesterday first. So Joe wasn't probably going to go until it quickly got out through Mm -hmm. Truth Social that Trump was going. They probably scrambled all the choppers and were like, hey, Joe, you're going. Uh, And he was reading from prompter. It's important to say that. There's no question. He was reading that. So that little moment where it gets and he Mm -hmm. he wants, you know, and he wants to rile everybody up. That was all planned. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're at the point now. We talked about it earlier in the week where donors are concerned that it's so bad for Joe that he's he's reading off of note cards when he's talking to donors. I mean, if you can't butter up the money people without a note card, what does that say? Uh, Trump uh, gave a speech in Eagle Pass, Texas. Uh, He started off by saying this is Joe Biden's invasion. Cut one, Phil, go. Uh, The uh, reports have come out, and we've been covering them, and everybody's been, and I spoke to the parents of an incredible young lady, and you you saw her the other day. You saw what happened the other day in Georgia, and the parents are devastated. They're incredible people. But this is a Joe Biden invasion. This is a Biden invasion over the past three years. I call him Crooked Joe because he's crooked. He's a terrible president, the worst president our country's ever had, and probably the most incompetent president we've ever had. But it's uh, allowing thousands and thousands of people to come in from China, Iran, Yemen, the Congo, Syria, and a lot of other nations. Many nations are not very friendly to us. He's transported the entire columns of uh, fighting-aged men, and they're all at a certain age, and you look at them and say, they, they look like warriors to me. Something's going on that's bad. Now the United States is being overrun by the Biden migrant crime. It's a new form of uh, vicious violation to our country. It's migrant crime. We call it Biden migrant crime, but that's a little bit long, so we'll just leave it. But every time you hear the term migrant crime, you know where that comes from, allowing thousands and thousands and actually millions and millions of people to come. Could be 15 million, could be 18 million by the time he uh, gets out of office, because hopefully the biggest risk we have is nine months. That's a long time. A lot of bad things can happen. I, I always. You know, what's really the takeaway from that clip that I, I found interesting. We were told that everybody coming here to this country through the southern border it was families. They were hungry. They were ill. They weren't dressed appropriately. They grabbed whatever belongings they could, and you know they they got on boats and rafts and crawled through barbed wire. Most of the people that I see lined up when you see uh, Bill Malusian from Fox interviewing people standing in line to get across to our country, they all look like twenty-five-year-old men. I don't see a ton of women. I don't see a ton of children. I don't see a ton of families of seven or eight. And Trump's right. A lot of these men, whether they're from China, the Middle East, the Congo, somewhere in South America, they all look like guys that could join the military today and fight for a country, don't they? Yes. That's the concern for me. Yep. Uh, Trump also has a new nickname for uh, Governor Gavin Newsom. I love this. Uh, this is unreal. This is cut three, Phil Go. We had the most secure border, and people weren't coming because they knew they weren't going to get in. And we weren't promising free education, free medical, free everything. I mean, all the promises that are made, no wonder they come. I mean, uh, you look at what this governor, Newscum from 
California. Isn't that his name, Newscom? Uh, what he's done to California is unbelievable. People are pouring in. They think they're going to get medical aid. And our soldiers, our vets aren't being taken care of. But people that come into our country illegally are. Gavin Newscom. All right, so here, instant poll question. Phil, if we can put this up on YouTube, it would be great. What's the better nickname? Newscom or? DeSanctus. We go, we're going to be very down the middle here. We're going to throw out DeSanctus and Newscom. I like Newscom. That might that that might have surpassed. Well, actually, you know what? I take that back. Nothing will ever surpass. Sloppy Chris Christie. <laughs> That's number one. Yeah. But Newscom comes in at number two for me. Uh, we played this clip earlier, but for those of you tune, tuning in late. By the way, streaming live on YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHD. Please hit the like and subscribe button. Please hit the subscribe button if you have not done so yet. Also, if you're listening on the lovely Odyssey app, please, please hit the follow button at 1210WPHD. So you're listening right now. Just go up in the upper right-hand corner of the 1210 uh, page that you're listening on and hit the follow button. Uh, please, that helps me out. It helps us out a lot. Uh, Trump yesterday uh, says that uh, Joe Biden will never say the name of Lakin Riley. This is cut to Phil Go. Just one week ago, a beautiful 22-year-old nursing student from Georgia was barbarically attacked, almost unrecognizable, while she was out on her morning run. She was a morning run. She was doing a keep herself in shape. She was a beautiful young woman. She was a great person, best nursing student there was. I spoke to her parents yesterday. They're incredible people. They're devastated beyond, beyond belief. But she was beautiful, just so beautiful in so many ways and brutally assaulted, horrifically beaten kidnapped and savagely murdered the monster that charged uh, charged in the death is an illegal alien migrant who was led into our country and released into our communities by crooked joe biden he's crooked i took the name away from hillary because she's no longer relevant i guess she was terrible but he is what he is doing is just unbelievable joe biden will never say lake and riley's name but we will say it, and we will remember it. We're not going to forget her. It's been just a horrible story that we've had to live with for the last few days. It's hard to believe. And her parents are just, they can never be the same. We know the mayor of Athens, Georgia, is a Democrat. We played you that clip over the last couple of days. Uh, but this uh, Athens, Georgia, is in Clark County, Georgia. So I just pulled this up while we were listening to that clip. Uh, and I wanted to see how Clark County, Georgia, typically votes. Um, in the U.S. Senate race, 71% backed Raphael Warnock, the Democrat. 27% backed Herschel Walker. Uh, in the governor's race, 32% backed Brian Kemp. 66% backed Stacey Abrams. So you get the picture there. It's anywhere from two-thirds to three-quarters Democrat. I'd be very interested to see if something like a tragedy, an isolated specific incident for that county with Lake and Riley, if that changes anything with the border, with her death, with how that county might vote moving forward, specifically on election night in 2024. You brought up the uh, the sheriff. This is the sheriff, excuse me, of Athens Clark County. Uh, This is a little throwback. Let's go in the Wayback Machine to February of 2020 where he vows, his name is John Williams, he vows uh, not to work with ICE. So this is cut seven, Phil, go. 
It is not my intention when elected sheriff to cooperate with those detainers. That's not something we'll be doing. We won't be doing any type of roundups. We won't be uh, attributing to that culture of fear. Culture of fear. There you go. Or just enforcing the law and protecting the people in your community. However you want to position it. I try to use common sense and, common sense and say, what is the uh, mission statement of your office? And I would assume it's to protect and serve. But, you know, if you'd rather not uh, drum up the fear, then you keep doing you, Sheriff. You're the one with the badge, not me. Uh, it's funny. It's well, it's not funny actually, but it's 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 interesting to see all these clips from all of the you know the mayor and the sheriff from that county basically saying, "Nope, we're gonna let everybody in. We don't care. Screw you, people. This is what we do." I'm starting to. I'm. I'm I tell you what, Georgia's a hotbed for politics right now. We know it was a very small small difference in 2020. I if if you told me gun to my head right now, I gotta think that Trump wins Georgia. It was determined over what ten thousand votes. I think Trump's going to take Georgia. Especially now with, uh, what's his name on the ballot? With who? RFK Jr. Oh, yes. Yes, correct. He's on the ballot now in uh, Georgia and Arizona. Yeah. Two states that Biden won by 10,000 votes. Right. Two so, of the six swing yeah. states. Uh, this is Lieutenant Colonel Bree Fram, a trans U.S. Space Force official who spoke to the U.S. Air Force about inclusion and demanded everyone to respect LGBTQ people and use pronouns this is what uh this is what our people in the military are worried about wonder why lectured about wonder why recruitment you wonder why recruitment's down uh this is cut 13 phil go all too often i hear leaders talk about providing everyone with dignity and respect Mm -hmm. like it's an aspirational goal that's a man up there that's not good enough those are some pretty earrings dignity (laughs) and respect is the bare minimum it's the floor Mm. of where we can be yes we must set our sights higher and focus on intentional inclusivity Uh because there are still far too many people out there not just lgbtq individuals that feel marginalized shut out or discriminated against so for all of you out there i ask you to set out your symbols of pride share your pronouns in your email particularly if you're a person who doesn't think they need to yeah initiate difficult conversations about racial and gender barriers and share a bit of a vo- your vulnerability in a way that draws others in mm-hmm. you all have the power to take intentionally inclusive actions mm-hmm. to ensure the multiple perspectives that we know make us stronger as yeah. we devise winning war fighting strategies yep. get heard you know, the last time I checked, pronouns don't win wars. All right, are you what? sure? I, I mean, I'm not we, sure about that. Serious? Nick. I, you know, that's that was the Air Force. You said I Space go, Force. Space Force. I want to go back to a day and age where the Air Force was manned by guys like Doug Master and Chappie, Louis Gossett Jr. and Iron Eagle. You think that? You think in 1983 yeah. they gave a go. damn about pronouns? They go. didn't care about pronouns in English class. 1983, much less an <laughs> email signature. That. Trans in space. By the Who's way, I, I, speaking of uh, email signature pronouns, I got um, an email from the uh, the doctor's office yesterday, Dawn, that you sent me to for my checkup. Yes. And the lady just wanted to pass along my uh, my my billing statement, and I just clicked on it and I read it. And I scrolled down, and there's her email signature. Three pronouns. Oh boy. She slash her slash hers. Mm. Plural. Not hers. The potato chips, by the way. Or hers. Yeah. 
if somebody wants to share their, I don't get triggered by it. I don't care. But here's the piece of it that's strange to me to say, you all need to share your pronouns and share intentional inclusivity. So this is the, the weird, the, the, the strange piece of this that it's being thrown on us that, that it, it's like, I think all of us feel like, hey, do what you want to do. Do your thing. Mm-hmm. If you want to put your pronouns out there, f- go for it. If, you know, some people put a little Bible quote, you know, at the end of their thing. Do what you got to do. That's fine. Whatever. I don't, I don't care. I'm not triggered by it. But I don't want to know too much information. Yeah. Much, much like I feel like saying to that person, really, would you want every person who's gay or heterosexual or go, man, me and my wife last night, we were really, you know what I mean? Yeah. Think about that. It's just, ew, it's, no, let's just do our job and do our thing. To your point, you know, you're in the military, but it doesn't matter what, whatever your job is, yeah. uh, I don't your, care yeah, about your, your personal per- life. Keep your personal preferences yeah. private, right? Like, here's what I want in my military, Uh-oh. whether man or female. Angry, pissed off Americans trained to kill in great shape. That's what I want. That's what I want. Not guys with pearl earrings in that Greg likes. Greg just pa- just purchased oh, them off of Amazon. Are those pearl? Is that set real? God, you think you think China and Russia watches that video and says, "Boy, I tell you what. Remember when America was real badass back in the eighties? What's going on over there? Let's just keep. You know what?" Let's get Taiwan tonight. <laughs> God. All right, we'll come back. We'll get to Dawn's Big Three. And also, we've got some other stuff to get to, including a study that might have some females triggered. It's Kale and Company as we continue live here on this Friday morning. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. I'm taking the uh, Philadelphia 76ers minus 11 tonight uh, against the Charlotte Hornets. I know it might not be a great bet, but... I won last Friday, so I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep my winning streak going uh, here. Get buckets be their first bet on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar bet. It's one hundred and fifty bucks if your bet wins. You can bet on everything from quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. There's so many things that you can do on FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg. Sign up right now. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 1210 WPHD and the NBA. 21 and over, President PA. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue does not withdrawable bonus bets. That expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday morning, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, and the free Odyssey app.